0: Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Well, the 2017 NBA draft went kind of as planned the first two picks. And then afterwards, things got a little hairy, got a little crazy, got a little unpredictable. And of course, the Knicks do what they do with their pick at number eight. Hashtag Knicksense. Mike Randall... Do you want to talk through the first couple of picks here and take the people through the first round to give you their your opinion on? Hey, that was a great pick. Man, that stunk. Or boy, what in the world were they thinking?
1: The password is Nitalekina.
0: There it is. Yes, there it is. There it is.
1: Gus, this was exciting. We have content, folks. If you love college basketball, there was a bit of a, a lull period there, and then the NBA draft came, and now we've just got content out the wazoo. It was exciting. It was fun. After the first couple picks, things went a little awry there. Uh, our our NBA challenge, uh, NBA draft challenge that we had, Gus. We we have a conclusion on this, and I think we both showed ourselves quite well. In my I head, think we,
0: yeah, I think we did okay. I think it wasn't a, it wasn't a total bust. Uh, I, you were under a hundred points, and we said lowest score wins. Uh, my final was one hundred twenty at a couple of big misses, uh, swings and misses. But you have to take chances on some of these predictions. Uh, so I'm going to say congratulations on the 2017 NBA Draft Challenge, if we're going to call that. Uh, and I do have an idea of what my uh, consequence will be, but I think it'll be a consequence that will benefit most of the listeners out there. Uh, we'll tell you guys about the consequence next podcast. I think everybody will be into it. Um, uh, I'm I'm super excited about this. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't even tell I didn't tell Mike about this. I have I, I, no idea. I, I was.
1: I was going to ask him for a growler of beer from the local tavern down the street from you. that's really all I was asking for, but I'll take that one. That's great. Oh, well, you know, we, we
0: can do that as well. I think the let's, listeners will much more appreciate what we have coming up. Let's go through it. What do you think? You got Fultz at one. Any surprise there?
1: No, uh, you know, word leaks out. I remember I said the other time, 75%, you don't believe everything you hear, but sometimes it's true. Right. And so basically I, I think that we all agree that Fultz was going one, right? No surprise there.
0: No, I don't think any surprise there. And, uh, we talked a little bit about how Philly might run into some problems, you know, just getting everybody on the court at the same time. The last basketball season, Fultz, Simmons, and Embiid were all injured at some point of the season, and combined, all three of those players have played 31 games and under a thousand NBA minutes. So you're banking on your best three players uh, that have played under a thousand NBA minutes combined. You'll like what they're doing. you like the pieces they put together. But I think there needs to be a couple other things in place there. And then, of course, the Lakers went ball. Uh, I wasn't totally sold on this. You were rooting for Fox. Uh, But they went ahead and took the point guard. Mike, uh, thoughts on ball, just ending up with the Lakers and kind of going what what the original plan was?
1: Yeah, just annoyed. It was hard versus head. I guess in retrospect, my heart got the best of me. They're going to take Lonzo Ball. Magic's sitting up there with Lonzo, right? I mean, you could see – the issue is, and I say Ricky Rubio, and I've said it before, Gus, and now Minnesota's looking to trade Ricky Rubio, right? I think mm-hmm. that Lonzo Ball is going to have a sustained career. He's going to have a very nice career in the NBA, but he is not 20 points per game. That is not no. his game. I've never seen – doesn't have to be though. He could be 13 assists a game. But I think De'Aaron Fox, especially after seeing the 39 he dropped on Lonzo, is a special player. So no surprise, man. Just ah. – Feel like I should have nailed that one, but whatever. I went hard versus head, and I and I'll take that battle, Gus, every time.
0: Uh, yeah, I think we both were thinking out of the box there. I had Jackson going there, so no harm done. Then Tatum goes to the Celtics, and F- did you find it intriguing that Ainge like came out and stated the n- player we were going to take is at at three would you know at one would be there at three, so we're just going to stay here. So I'm going to say. Are you shocked that he thought Tatum was their, their their guy the entire draft process?
1: Not not shocked. And he's a versatile guy. You were on him the whole year. The big thing for me is once he said that statement, and we both nailed this one exactly right. We got faults right with this one right. It has to be Tatum. It's like you know Professor Plum with the knife in the conservatory. You couldn't say that Josh Jackson would definitely be there by all the reports we were hearing, whether you believe them or not. But no one, no one had Jason Tatum going one or two. So when that statement was said by Ainge, assuming he's telling the truth, it was a no-brainer. It was Tatum.
0: Like it's a little bit of a copycat pick with uh, Brown, who they also took third in last year's draft, and they're just kind of doubling up on the same position. Or do you think Tatum's offensive skills vastly outweigh Brown's offensive skills at vastly, this point of their careers
1: vastly outweighs. I think Tatum's going to be a star.
0: Excellent. Okay. Uh, all right, then we, uh, jump in wherever you need to. Then we had Jackson go to Phoenix. You knew he was going to go in the top four somewhere. And then your guy Fox went to the Kings, which started off the Kings excellent draft of 2017, which leads me to the question. Do you think that Kings fans paid for Vladi Divac to go out to the local bar so he was not in the war room during draft (laughs) night.
1: Very funny. Yeah, you know, the Kings had a good draft. They really did have a good draft. They did a nice job. I'm going to keep going back to this, and I put this poll out on Twitter, Gus, and, of course, you got, I think, 67% of the people supported you. Listen, let's face it, man. One of these five guys, at a minimum— is not going to do well. And what I mean by not doing well is I look back at some Uh, old drafts. I'm not saying, Gus, that one of them is going to be in the D-League in three years. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is one of them is going to be four to five points a game. They're not all... And you look at these players, they all look super talented. And I just think Josh Jackson could be that guy. He's extremely talented. He's a great athlete. He's a great player. All of that stuff... But really, any player taken in the top five is usually a great player. Even Anthony Bennett, who went too early, people thought was pretty decent. So listen, I like Josh Jackson a lot. He, he had a great season for Kansas. But if you had me pick one of these five, five years from now, is struggling, it's no doubt that it's Jackson in my book. In my book. I, I, I don't I don't see Lonzo Ball averaging four points per game. I don't see Markel Fultz sitting on the bench. I think he's got a high – I don't think Fultz's ceiling is as high, but I think his floor is high. You know what I thought. Think about Fox. We love Tatum. By you know, by process of elimination, I think it's got to be Jackson.
0: I don't think you're that far off there. I do like Jackson. I do like his uh, competitiveness. I like his freaky athletic ability. I like that he can guard multiple positions. And I do like the place that he landed. Phoenix is kind of the perfect place for that True. swing yep. uh, kind yep. of three man to land. So I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, let's see. We had uh, Jonathan Isaac go to Orlando. I think that makes perfect sense as well. How about uh, me? Ha- how about me hating Jonathan Isaac but nailing the pick? <laughs> yeah, you're you're all down on Jonathan Isaac, and then you nail him at number six.
1: Yeah, I wish I should have listed myself with Lonzo Ball too. Yeah, funny, funny. <laughs> uh,
0: then we had Minnesota select uh, marketing for Chicago. Which uh, can we just get into that right now? Sure. How awful of a trade is that by the Chicago Bulls? Hate it. If you are going to trade your uh, former first team All NBA or former second team All NBA player, and Jimmy Butler, basically your cornerstone of your franchise, like the the deal starts with two first round picks, right? right. Like, it, it, like that's the starting point, and then you go ahead and throw in some other stuff after that. I mean, if we look at what uh, Carmelo got traded for, if we look at what. Um, if we look at uh, Chris Webber got traded for, if you look at what Penny Hardaway got traded for, if you look at what Shaq got traded for, like all of these, pe- all of these like headlining people that were first team, second team, all NBA players, they got traded for multiple first round draft picks. Not only did Chicago not bring back multiple first round draft picks, they actually flip flopped their first round draft picks, which makes no sense at all. If they held on to that other one, it kind of makes sense to me. But the fact that they just, flip-flop and then Patton uh, goes to Minnesota like if if Chicago held on to Patton that would make sense to me I I, I understand that Levine is very talented I understand that Dunn is like an athletic freak at the point and just didn't put it all together last year for Minnesota I, I get those points but it just seems like that Chicago got 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 raked over the stones big time here
1: yeah, and it's funny. I I I feel was excited about that because I didn't think they were in love with Chris Dunn very much, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I figured that Rubio wasn't exactly what they thought he would be. So I feel like I kind of was on the mark there, but for them yeah. to trade, you know, I, th-
0: I think you were you were sniffing the right trail. That's for sniffing sure.
1: The right trail, like Dunn, Levine, and moving up nine spots to get Larry Marketing. I, I Listen, I, I get it. They don't think Jimmy Butler is a twenty-five guy, twenty-five points per game. But on that team with Thibodeau, Minnesota is headed in the right direction. I agree with you guys. I don't like the trade at all. Maybe they just wanted to get rid of him. But Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, by the way, Levine was injured there for a while. So, I mean, I know Mm -hmm. we love the dunks and all the stuff. But I'm not sure if he has definite sustained success like Jimmy Butler on him and Lowry Markkinen. I mean, we like Lowry Markkinen, but would it be surprising if the finish, the flying Finn was not in the league in a couple of years? So I'm with you, man. Don't like the trade.
0: Yeah, not in love with it, and then of course the Knicks at number eight go. <laughs> n- 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 oh my god! And I-, I think I think you you nailed this perfectly on Twitter with uh, the tweet that you put out uh, uh, regarding Nick fans after that pick was uh, uh, after that pick took place.
1: It's like my most popular tweet ever. I-, I I finally found the the gif of the guy jumping out the window, which by the way is very hard to do on your phone if you try to find it. I finally was able to search for something. and got it. Gus, I don't get it. It reeks of arrogance to me with Phil Jackson. Listen, if you look back at past drafts, guys, the European players don't dominate the NBA when they're drafted. By the way, can we please? I know Dirk Nowitzki. I get it. Okay? I understand that. But guys, it's not like that is a rule. It's more the exception. This is Phil Jackson. Do you, Gus. do you remember
0: Dirk Nowitzki? He he couldn't get off the bench bench for uh, for Don Nelson his rookie year.
1: Yeah, that's correct. And Don Nelson was like the guru of the foreign guys, right? But the idea that Phil Jackson sat there, Gus, and said, "I hit lightning in a bottle with Porzingis," which he did a pick that was boot off the stage, being an all star. I think is lightning in the bottle. Okay, and decides to go back overseas again. And I don't mind it, Gus, but Malik Monk dropped 47 on North Carolina out of a Kentucky program that we'll get to later that has produced sustained success players across the board. That is a colossal mistake. I don't want to hear these people on Twitter telling me about Frank Nitalikina. You haven't seen Frank Nitalikina play. You're not watching French games on TV. You're not ordering French NBA TV and watching Nitalikina. None of us have any issue with the guy. We don't even know if who was going to be good or not. Give me a break. The issue is that he passed on an automatic billboard Broadway hit the lights guy for another triangle, Euro, trapezoidal guide. You don't go and plop a hundred dollars down, Gus, on black and roulette. Hit it and do it again. You take your money and you walk away. And he just thinks he's cockier than everybody else. There's reports, Gus. You see this? He's falling asleep in the workouts. It's a disaster. Enough with lakina He may be fine. Great. Ricky Rubio was the second coming of Magic Johnson. How'd that work out? He had a home run with Przingis. Congratulations, Phil. Take Monk. Take the three-pointers. Take the superstar. Start getting fannies in the seats in the garden. It's just cocky Phil
0: Jackson. It's Nick Sense. Hashtag Sense. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So here's the last thing we'll say on this, and then I think we'll move on down the draft. If he, you know, like Jay Williams reported, if he's falling asleep during workouts in the United States, then what are the odds that he actually traveled overseas to see live game action exactly. with either poor Zingus or Needle
1: And I'm staying consistent, Gus. I don't know if he's falling asleep, but it's not like he's wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and those reports are coming out. And by the way, have you seen him walk recently? The guy is really hurt there. I mean, yeah. this is just not what you and Jerry West, looks like And shoot it up tomorrow. I'm just saying the whole soup of Phil Jackson, the Knicks does not work. Terrible job. I don't care how good Frank Nita is. Who are we taking next year? A guy from Czechoslovakia? Does that even exist anymore? I don't think so. <laughs>
0: we'll get back to the geography later. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> and we'll round at the top 10 with one of our faves, Zach Collins from Gonzaga. And isn't it odd that even Portland, they and they traded two of their first round picks to get to get uh, you know the, the kind of the hometown guy in Collins. Collins didn't even start a college game his whole freshman season. And if the Knicks took him, it would have looked a thousand times better. Even if they took somebody that didn't start a single college game, people would have lauded that pick and cheered it. The, the, the irony here and the dichotomy between those two picks is absolutely amazing. I, I, I can't get away from it. And I, I say great pick by the, they must really love Zach Collins. They must see something really special in him because we talked about how they've done a great job drafting uh, up in Portland. And there's, you knew they are going to do something goofy because they had three first round picks. They weren't going to settle. So I think, getting Zach Collins that that might be the move he might be the special player they're looking for
1: yeah and and this is where I I have to temper my excitement with the Sacramento Kings a little bit Gus Zach Collins goes to Portland excellent job by them 10th overall pick the Kings get Justin Jackson and they get a load of garbage in Harry Giles, who we'll get to a little bit later. So to me, Portland, very impressive. Justin Jackson, good player. I like Justin Jackson going to Sacramento. That's fine. But Harry Giles, I mean, gosh, they couldn't sell him fast enough. Zach Collins is a great pick. Now, also in our review, let's be honest here. Congratulations on getting Dennis Smith Jr. right to Dallas. It annoys the heck out of me because I really do believe that if the Knicks don't take Nitalikina, he goes to Dallas. But that's just me having sour grapes. But you nailed that one as well. Great job there. And I got a hit on Zach Collins. So you hit on first, Zach Collins at number 10. In the first picks, uh, you got three, I got four. We're off to a flying start here, my
0: friend. Uh, yeah, I was pretty happy with how things were going. And we were kind of in the neighborhood with everything. I just felt like uh, if the Kings uh, were going to keep the pick at 10 and ball fell to them, maybe they would double up with Leaf. And Leaf and Collins are similar players. So that's my That was my thinking there. I was going a little bit out of the box. So I understand where they went Uh were there any picks in the next, I don't know, let's say eight or nine picks, I guess before Milwaukee's pick, and we'll get to Milwaukee's pick in a second, um, that stood out to you that uh, you were like, hmm, or ooh, we nailed that, or oh, man, I can't believe that happened.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I felt badly for you because the only reason I ended up beating you in this is there was a couple players that you had that you thought would either go early and went late or, or thought would go late and went early. One of them I think that, that hurt you a little bit was Justin Patton. Mm. Um Um, So Justin Patton ended up going 16 to Chicago. I just want to say I agree with you. I don't like Justin Patton. I agree with your assessment of Justin Patton. I think this guy is destined to sit on the bench. I just think he's going to get drafted. Uh, See, Jonathan Isaac logic for Mike Randall. So that was the only one there that it didn't surprise me, but was disappointed. We nailed Josh Jackson. We both had him going to 15 to Portland, even though he got traded. Uh, I think Monks is steal at 11. I don't get the Luke Kennard stuff. I I don't – I think you have to be a certain level of athlete and Kennard is not a jump out of the gym guy. He's not an incredible break you down off the dribble. He's got some fakes. He's not super long. I I, I don't like that pick there. He went much earlier. That was one of my big misses. I had Kennard going 19 to Atlanta. He went seven spots earlier to to Detroit Uh, but – Outside of that, I think everything was pretty standard there. We both have our thoughts on on Donovan Mitchell, right, who ended up getting traded. But uh, so far in that group, yeah, uh, you know, vegetable lasagna.
0: Okay. But uh, yeah, warm it up in the microwave. Uh, You know, hit, uh, you know, 138 on the microwave. And then vegetable lasagna is still pretty good. I'm with you. Not as good as meat, but it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Uh, Let's hit up. I'll just, I have two thoughts on the Milwaukee pick at 17. Uh, I thought that, I think both of us thought that they were going to go different ways here. Um, you were a little bit closer than it, than to, to it than I was, um, what what's it uh how do you feel about DJ Wilson just because you did do a little research on him while writing for uh, BT Powerhouse?
1: Love DJ Wilson. I think it's a tremendous pick. He's super versatile. The only issue with DJ Wilson is people think he's soft, and I think he'll have a chance to prove that. I mean, he's a legit 6'10", hovering around 6'11". He can go inside, he'll learn to go inside, but he's a true stretch player. I thought they would go big guy. I thought they would go Bam there. Now Bam went earlier to Miami. Nice job by Ryles there without a bio. So we don't know. Maybe they would have. I think it's a very solid pick for them. What do you think about DJ Wilson?
0: Well, here's my two thoughts on DJ Wilson. I think it was, uh, you know, right up the alley, of course, uh, with going for length at that position. It seems like a little bit of a copycat pick with Thon Maker. Those guys seem like similar type players. Uh, with a similar skill set, maybe a little bit more range from Thon. But I also feel like with no Jabari Parker, I believe that position, like that 4-5 swing position uh, coming off the bench got a little bit exposed by the Raptors. And I felt like plugging in somebody like, uh, as much as I love Spencer Hawes uh, or as much as I love um, the other guys that they had coming off the bench, I think those guys were limited athletically. And I think that DJ Wilson can fill that role athletically, and they might not need to ask him to do too, too much in that position. So I do like the fit, and it does fit the profile for the Bucs. I just thought it was a little bit early for DJ Wilson. Um, I'm hoping nothing for for success for the Bucs and DJ Wilson moving forward, obviously, being Bucs fans. Um, But I just thought it it fit their profile. It wasn't really on my radar, I guess is what I'm saying. And just back to the Miami pick really fast, you knew Riley was going to do something not weird, but just a little off – off the reservation, and I thought he was going to go uh, Harry Giles and go really off the reservation, but he went, bam, so you're taking this traditional post-big when you have a, a defensive post-big in Whiteside there. So I, I was intrigued that he did something that nobody really predicted. I, you knew that was going to happen, um, so it was really hard to try to like prognosticate what Riley was going to do in that particular pick.
1: Totally agree. Everything you just said, well done.
0: Uh, all right, then let's move further down the line. The one thing I, I'll say right now, the one thing I totally blew I did not have uh, I did not have Tyler Lydon anywhere drafted in the first <laughs> round, and he goes twenty forty to, to Utah. I was like, "Oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me!" Uh, so I feel like I really blew that one. But there's a couple other ones we nailed. Uh, you know, John Collins going to Atlanta. Just say, you know, that sticking with our. Um, sticking with our mo a motto of that they just don't like Dwight Howard, and of course they traded him, so they needed another big. Your and breakdown, then, uh, your
1: bro, your breakdown on that was tremendous. It was really, really good on that that assessment of Dwight Howard. They trade him right after.
0: I, yeah, I feel like I almost feel like after I recorded that, like within 36 hours, is that when that trade went through, and then I think the you know the pod came out a little bit after that. So it was like, yeah, it was it was, it was a little bit poetic. It was pretty cool. Um, and then uh, Jared Allen going to the, to Brooklyn at 22. And if you hit the rewind button at the beginning of the season, you might put Jared Allen in as a lottery pick somewhere. So I feel like they got great value there for Brooklyn. Uh, and I really was happy that Caleb Swanigan went in the first round. How could you not love that?
1: Absolutely. And you, I'm going to toot your horn here because you're not going to toot it yourself. You nailed John Collins going to Atlanta at 19. You nailed Jared Allen going to Brooklyn. It was a perfect breakdown. Going at 22. Really did a nice job there. We both whiffed on Ike Annabugo. I guess people just were not impressed with him and they were concerned about him. So he was way off. I will say yeah, this, in, guys,
0: in, in Injury concerns. Injury, injury concerns.
1: concerns. Yeah, similar to what yeah. happened to Jonathan Motley, I guess. Uh, the, Very true. The the one that shocked me is I was positive that Indiana was going to take OG Ananobi. I think he was a more athletic T.J. Leaf. He can't score like T.J. Leaf but I thought he would fit in there perfectly. Now, if Paul George leaves, then they're going to need scoring if they end up dealing them. So that's a different sort of thing that we may not have heard about. But I was disappointed. I really thought I had that one nailed. I liked Terrence Ferguson a lot. He was sort of creeping up. I was reading some stuff online that people liked him. So he went to yeah. Utah, nice landing space. Do not feel bad about Tyler Lydon. I not have him either. So <laughs> no harm, no foul there. The right. way we graded this is not if they picked a guy that we didn't have or We we got hurt. We basically got hurt by – Players that we thought would go later, early. I got killed on DJ Wilson. Gosh, I mean, I had him going twenty eight to the Lakers. I lost eleven points on that one. So, outside of that, it's good to see Semi go. By the way, you know, oh. and 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 you had you you had Semi going to Indiana, which I thought was great. He's a great player, so he ended up going. Drafted by uh or or let's see, semi went to went second round rather. Semi went second round. He went, he went round. to Boston. He went to Boston, thank you. And I had him going at twenty five to, to Orlando. So uh happy for Swanigan though as well. Had Jonathan Motley there to say, you know, right church, wrong pew, right?
0: Uh, yeah, and again, I think the the medicals came through with both Motley and Ike Anabogu that people were not totally thrilled on what they saw with both of them. Um, so they really like waited on both of them. And it, you know, the the first round ended up with like some cool picks. Uh, we had uh, um, Derek White from Colorado going to yep. San Antonio, and San Antonio does it again. I mean, yep. they did it with Javante uh, D- D- Murray uh, from Washington uh, last year, and I feel like now they have their off guard to go with their new little point guard. Uh, and both those guys are really long. Oh my goodness! That, that those they're going to love playing those guys as backups. And then, uh, of course, Josh Hart gets a first round pick. So kudos to the you know the four year starter at Villanova and former national champion getting a first round selection by Utah.
1: Yeah, that was nice. Uh, good type of player there. I was shocked he went in the first round. I thought he'd be early second, but feel good for Josh Hart. He deserves it.
0: Absolutely. It's nice to see that like, you know, hard work, dedication and like commitment to your program actually pays off and has dividends down the line. That was cool to see. Uh, uh, Mike, do you have any other items that we need to get to?
1: Yeah. One thing quick. Again, I'm going to toot your horn for you here. We really got to make it mention your second round pick podcast, Gus, that you put out there, because predicting the second round is like, you know, closing your eyes and trying to paint a painting. It's really impossible. And you were remarkably accurate. Some of the great things that you nailed here. I just want to go over them really quick. First yeah. of all, you said Philly's going to trade on 39. You didn't make a pick with Philly at 39, Gus. You said, I'm telling you right now, they're going to trade. And they did. That counts. Right. Uh, you had that run there for 42, 43, and 44. You had, uh, Jawan Evans, Dwayne Bacon, Sindarius Thornwell. By the way, did you see that Dwayne Bacon was introduced as Dwayne Wade? Yeah,
0: I saw that. That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> but you were within three or four of all those picks and had great breakdowns on them. You nailed Monte Morris going to Denver at 50. That,
0: that was an automatic. That, that, because just look at their point guard situation. They have a Moutier who you don't know if you can trust yet. And like we said, uh... As much as we love Jameer, Jameer is up there in age. They need another point guard. Monte Morris is automatic on there.
1: You had Kadeem Island getting drafted, which I thought was nuts, by the way. No offense. And then you had Alec Peters going to Phoenix. So really, I got to compliment you, man. Really great job on nailing. The second round is hard, and you nailed a lot of players that went. Well
0: done. It was hard to figure out, especially with some of the foreigners, and then, you know, we had had a couple total whiffs too. Like I, I thought that Kobe Simmons was going to get drafted. I thought Jonathan Motley was going to get drafted in the second round. Both those guys were nowhere to be found. And I I'm I'm just going to say this right now. The 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 Houston pick of Cam Oliver is not that far off. No, absolutely. Yeah. It was not nah. that far off. And uh I had Wesley Anua going uh to Washington, but I just had him a bunch later. Uh, so I, I loved having I loved him as a player. He he just went very early in the second round. So congratulations to him. That was uh, it, and thank you listeners for out there who are listening to the second round podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. It was really cool to try to figure out, put the pieces together, and look at rosters and see what teams needed and see what might still be available. So it, yeah, it was like a fun like jigsaw puzzle that you had out on your table that was kind of never done and you lost pieces too, and then you were trying to jam pieces in that didn't fit. It was yeah, it was fun to figure out.
1: Gus, so now I I want to bring a segment back that we had during the season, but it's the off season here. I want to get your rapid reacts. How about a little news and notes from the
0: hardwood? News and notes from the hardwood.
1: So perfect, Gus. We're going to bring it back now. I got a couple things that are going on because some news is starting to matriculate out. I want to say some things, and I just want to get your rapid reaction on it. Sound good? Yes, sir uh frank mason gus became the first ever ap top 25 player of the year not to be a first round pick he went early much earlier than draft express or tankathon had him going he went 34th to sacramento looks like he's gonna be a backup to De'Aaron fox thoughts gus
0: multiple thoughts here thought one bet they played together a little bit in the backcourt won't that be cool to see thought two the nba draft and the combine is married to their measurables and to their metrics and Frank Mason did not measure out great with his length with his height you know with all of those things so those things go into the equation the one Absolutely. thing that should go into the the one thing that should go into the equation is like dude is tough as nails and i'm so and the third third thought on this is i'm so glad that the kings got this draft right by even though they had a great point guard in fox that they drafted very early and invested in They were not afraid to take what they thought was the best player and the biggest winner available on the board.
1: 100%. Very good. Uh, Number two, we talked about this briefly. Jonathan Motley got passed over in the draft. Apparently there were concerns about his MCL tear against South Carolina and that loss in the Sweet 16. Just signed a free agent deal, Gus, with Dallas at home in Texas. Now the Mavs took Dennis Smith Jr. at number nine. Again, Nidalekina, I'm still upset. But now they add the front court help that they needed. What do you think of Jonathan Motley to Dallas?
0: I think it makes sense on both sides. I think number one, uh, Motley can stay local with his rehab for the injury. So he doesn't have to go and set up a whole new system and a whole new network of uh, help and trainers. So I think that's going to help in his recovery. And then number two, if you're the Dallas Mavericks, like you just kind of struck gold with two guys that were off the radar Seth, uh, I'm sorry, a Seth Curry and Yogi Ferrell. So you just hit the jackpot with these two players that nobody else had interest in that you brought in and then ended up signing to contracts because they were real NBA players. I can see Motley following the exact same script as those two players where people passed on him. Nobody picked him in the second round. You had him in the first round. I think some other mocks had him in the first round too. And if he gets healthy, gets right, he could be a contributor just like those two other players that we just mentioned and then sign himself to a long-term contract and then have sustained success in the NBA. So I think this is like a familiar recipe for the Dallas Mavericks, if you ask me.
1: Next guy we both love, Cam Oliver, signed a multi-year deal with the Rockets. Worked out okay for him. Gus, you talked about before, love this pick, right?
0: Oh, yeah. This is a solid pickup. I I had the Rockets taking Cam Oliver uh, in the second round with their second pick. Uh, He slid a little bit, so you just knew that he was going to go there. He is exactly the type of fit for that type of program. He puts up the three, he can guard multiple positions, he's tough, he's going to board. The Rockets are, can't, if you're going to play that breakneck speed and at that pace and put up that many shots, your players can't play 40 minutes a game. It just doesn't make sense. The the equation doesn't equal out. If you're going to do that, then your guys are going to get broken down, and then your guys are going to be injured, and then you're not going to make the playoffs. So in order to play this breakneck speed, you need to have offensive-skilled players on the floor at all times. That is exactly what Cam Cam Oliver is on multiple levels. He has a mid-range game, he has a three-point game, and he can get you an offensive rebound and bang down low if need be. Love this move by the Rockets and love Cam Oliver as a player. I think it's the exact perfect fit for the free agent signing.
1: Next one up. Our, we're very excited about this. Hashtag draft Jake Wiley signs with the Brooklyn Nets on a two way G League. By the way, no longer the D League, everybody. It's the G League contract uh, as a br-
0: br- brilliant, brilliant sponsorship by uh, Gatorade, by the way. Brilliant. Exactly.
1: Exactly. As a two-way player, Wiley will be the property of the Long Island Nets. He can be moved up and down. He's paid that G League salary even though he's playing for the Brooklyn Club. The Nets will also have the ability to call him up for 45 total days each season. If he gets up there to the big leagues for 45 days, he's eligible for that rookie minimum. So pay his way on. That's the way the G League affiliates can hold on to their prospects. How happy are we for Jake, Gus?
0: Man, we were hoping that his name would get called in the second round somewhere. We were, you know, we were, we were lobbering for it. We, you know, we were ahead of the, the campaign line for Jake Wiley. The dude's story is absolutely amazing. Again, head to the library, you know, go, go to the librarian's desk and just say, keep it down, Shunny," And then just go look up Matt Norlander's article on Jake Wiley. If you haven't read it yet, I know everybody that's listened to the podcast has probably uh, dove into it at some point. If you haven't, go do it. It's an unbelievable investment of time. You will automatically become a Jake Wiley fan. I think this is the perfect situation for Jake. Here's why. Number one, he gets some guaranteed money, which I know that he was looking for. Uh, so he gets that stability that he needs as being a real ear- a wage-earning adult uh, with a family. So perfect. He gets to do it doing something he now loves. He walked away from basketball because he could not stand it and did not love it. He came back to it because he does love it. So he's doing the thing that he does love. And the opportunity that he has with the Brooklyn Nets is absolutely the perfect one. They stink. They might be one of the worst NBA teams in the league next year. They just don't have a ton of talent on the team currently. What do you want as a free agent coming in? You want opportunity opportunity will reveal itself on the Brooklyn Nets roster for Jake Wiley at some point this season and I bet that he wows the coaching staff in person on pl- on the playing floor on the NBA playing floor and earns more and more minutes and they decide to keep him around for more than that 45 days that is my prediction I love this matching of Jake Wiley and the Nets I couldn't be happier for the kid Bravo cheers Jake Wiley
1: uh, Mello Trimble, Gus. I love Mellow, but it's not a surprise that he went undrafted. He was great for Maryland, but he just doesn't have some of those NBA caliber measurables that people like. Hasn't been able to replicate the things that led to his outstanding freshman season. He's been great. He hits those big game winning shots, but he didn't progress upwardly in terms of points per game the way everyone thought he would. He signed with Philly, which is close to Maryland. Juan Dixon, former great Terrapin, came out and said the following, quote, Mello is a pro. I truly believe Mello is an NBA player and he'll show people that moving forward. He talked about it being in a situation where there's a ton of pick and roll, which I thought was interesting. And he said he's one of the most effective pick and roll players. I still believe that uh, he was in this past draft and he's going to show people that he's capable of running a team. Uh, He looked at Houston as a possible landing spot, but right now he thinks he's going to start in Philly and he should do a nice job. Juan Dixon, by the way, is the Coppin State head coach. Thoughts on Melo Trimble, Gus?
0: Uh, number one, I'm glad we brought up uh, Juan Dixon. Uh, nice Maryland blast from the past there. Terrapin great, of course. Uh, great NBA career. You know what? As much as you bring up Jigsaw Monkey King for some players, and and we say like, oh, this guy, what does he got? You know what? I, I kind of see that happening with Melo. And usually, I am the rah rah guy and say like, everybody's got a chance. All right, we hold hope so dearly, so on and so on. I just think Melo's game is a little limited. I think his size is a little limited and I think he needs bigger windows of space to operate in that exist in the NBA to have success. I think those windows are a little bit bigger on the college level. Uh, and that's why he had like, you know, a, a great freshman year and, and an unbelievable sophomore year playing with all those youngsters and leading that team to, to a great season. But I just think those windows shrink up with all the giant athletes in the NBA and the speed of game. So I think that. Any success that he found on the college level is really going to be tightened up and have just have smaller windows to operate in. So I think he might be a G League guy or a Jigsaw Monkey King guy or a guy that just finds success overseas. Like maybe uh, something like uh, uh, along the lines of Jimmer where he goes somewhere and can put up 50 points or maybe something along the lines of uh, Stefan Marbury where he goes uh, to China and becomes like, you know, like a basketball icon there. So. Sure, I'm throwing out a little bit of hope, but I'm saying, like, I think Mello might fall into the Jigsaw Monkey King category and not find the NBA success that he's originally looking for.
1: Jay Billis said something, Gus, totally odd. He said, No college coach, he put this on Twitter, produces pros, they recruit them. He said, Think of it this way What NBA coach produces the most all stars? Of course, they help which high school teachers produce the more, most college honor students. They don't, but they, they help, but they don't produce them. I think this is a bizarre tweet, Gus. I understand that there are some players like LeBron James who were a pro when they entered college. Of course there is. But there's many players, I've mentioned them before, like Lenny Cook, who had talent and flamed out. You cannot tell me that coaches like Mike Krzyzewski, John Calipari... Uh, Sean Miller, who's done a great job, Tom Izzo, you can't tell me that those guys don't produce pros. They take players that are good college players and make them great. They're not babysitters. I thought this was a bizarre quote
0: by Billis. I think this is more of a conversation than a tweet. So I think I'm not defending Billis by any means on this. Please don't take it that way. He took on a whole bunch of things here that I don't think he knew he was taking on in this one little tweet. He took on coaches. He took on kids. He took on parents. He took on teachers. He took on a lot of things here that I don't think can be condensed down into one singular tweet. So here are my thoughts on this. Sure. College coaches don't produce pros. They recruit them. Totally agree. I get it. That's what Sean Miller does every year. That's what Bill Self does every year. That's what Shostovsky does every year. That's what Coach Cal does every year. Absolutely. But what happens to those guys? We'll get to what happens to those guys in a tiny bit. Especially at Kentucky. Think of it this way: college produces the which NBA team pr- produces the most All Stars? Like that's that's up to the that's up to the fans to decide. That's not up for anybody else to decide. So let's leave that question alone. That seems silly. Which high school teachers produce the more the most college honor students? You're really going to pin um, that on, like, what if the, what if, think about if your honor student, like, broke up with their girlfriend the day before, and they go into their AP test and bomb it, and they're expecting to get a five, and they get a three. Like, are we really pinning that on a high school teacher? Or even on that particular student? Like, it just seems like there's so many variables here. So here's my take My take on this particular comment. Yes, it comes down to the actual individual in each one of these situations. When I say the actual individual, it could be the actual individual being the student-athlete. It could be the actual individual who becomes the NBA All-Star. Or it could be the actual individual who's just a normal student in your AP class trying to get a five. The individual does make decisions to be great. The individual takes on the... I don't know, the obstacle of taking the AP class and then having the AP test to move forward to count as a college credit. The, I don't know, college coach has his NBA pro prospect in there, but that NBA pro prospect went to that particular program to get better. The NBA all-star seems a little silly because they don't really have a choice. They get drafted. Sure, when they have free agency, you can pull a Kevin Durant or a LeBron James and go where you like to go to try to win a championship. But those those opportunities are few and far between. So, yes, the individual does have an opportunity to make a choice to put himself or herself in the best situation for the most success, whether it be in an AP class or at a great program like Kentucky. It just seems silly that Billis would take on so many moving parts and point so many fingers at something that seems very unimportant. So that's my take on this particular tweet. It seems like a longer conversation and seems silly to try to squeeze into 140 characters.
1: And my last one for you, Gus. Did you know john calipari has now coached a top 10 pick in 10 consecutive NBA drafts 2008 derrick rose 2009 tariq evans 2010 he had john wall and demarcus cousins 2011 shocker here enos Cantor and brandon knight 2012, 2012 ad and michael could gilchrist 2013 was nerland's noel 2014 julius randall 2015, Kat and Willie Cauley-Stein. 2016, Jamal Murray. And this year, D. Aaron Fox. And also, uh, yeah, top 10 pick, D. Aaron Fox. What do you think, Gus?
0: Here's why this is impressive. It, it goes between two schools. It goes back to Memphis. And let's just hit like, okay, yeah, that's when- a Good point, when's, very good point. What What's the last Memphis player to get drafted in the NBA or play in the NBA besides Tyreek Evans or Derrick Rose? Like, I think we have to really do some research to figure that out, right? Like, I don't think what? that person's jumping off the page.
1: No way. No way.
0: <laughs> so the fact that he, this covers two schools and 10 years is probably the most important, uh, most impressive part of this stat. And like, I don't know, how many of those guys are, are NBA starters. You just listed off a whole bunch of NBA starters right there. So it's not just top 10 picks. Cause we can bring this full circle and talk about how we were talking about how the first five picks, like somebody in those first, first five picks is gonna stink, guess what? At some point in their career, everybody you just listed started an NBA game.
1: Gus, if that's you're uh
0: really, that's really impressive.
1: Gus, if you're curious, uh I believe Will Barton was drafted. Uh I don't sure. know he was the first round. Will Will
0: Barton went to the Nuggets, I think, right?
1: I uh, I'll look it up. That's disturbing <laughs> if that's correct. <laughs> Off the top of your head, Will Barton
0: uh, yeah i think that's where he got drafted or ended up playing one of the two
1: yeah he got drafted by portland but did eventually get to denver
0: it's okay busy. there we go not Mar. that not that off
1: will barton averaged 13.7 points per
0: game this year will barton yeah he had an impact so just to bring it full totally full circle i i, I think those players go to that coach To go back to the billis tweet a little bit because they know that that coach is going to get them ready for success down the line, much like the student is going to take the AP class with the challenging teacher to up their chances at the AP score. I think it's a very similar equation and really it just points to like what whatever you're trying to be great at. The reason that you're trying to be great at it is because you're taking chances and putting yourself in successful situations. So I think everybody on that list is exactly like the student taking the AP test. They went to go see John Calipari and go on his program to get ready to be an NBA player.
1: Totally agree. That's all I got for news and notes.
0: Well, uh, you know what it's time for then? It's time for some ahoy's out there. And instead of ahoy's, we're going to say some celebrations. We're going to say congratulations. We're going to say salasha. We're going to say gratulatia. We're going to say congratulations. at Olson Phil on his son's marriage out there. Cheers. So glad you got to celebrate with your family. Really cool. Also want to say congratulations to Scoochie Smith for yeah, signing Scucci. with the Celtics. And we want to say uh, at Santy B9, right with you on Scoochie, my man. Very happy he got signed by the Celtics. Thanks for listening in and tuning in and uh, tweeting in. We want to say congratulations and gratulatia to Big Shem. That's right. Yeah, Shem and Karnowski Shem. signed with the Hornets Summer League. The head chef is going to get his taste and be able to serve it up for the Hornets in the Summer League. Very excited about that. So congratulations, gratulatia, salancha, and ahoy out there to all those guys. Thank you for tuning in and participating with the Screen the Screener podcast. So excited for Scoochie. So excited for Big Shem. Here's my Scoochie Smith story real fast for everybody. You ready? Um uh earlier this year, you know, we had uh, Dr. Tony uh go see Dayton play in person and give us a scouring board, and take some photos for it, which was really cool. So I uh, you know, we were very invested in Dayton this entire season. And uh my daughter, uh who's a baller, uh, you know, will hear like who we're cheering for. And so she caught on to the name Scoochie, right? And she kinda held on to that name and a couple other college names the whole entire season. So fast forward button, we get to the NBA conference finals, right? And I'm like, oh, you know, uh, we're going to watch LeBron. We're going to watch Kevin Durant. We're going to watch, uh, we're gonna watch uh, Steph Curry. We're going to watch Klay Thompson. We're going to watch Isaiah Thomas. You know what she asked? Daddy, where's Scucci? Is he playing tonight? That's such a problem. I said, no. <laughs> I said, no, honey. Scucci, hopefully, will get we'll play next year in the NBA. He was just in college this year. But the fact that I listed off all of those players, and then my daughter asked, is Scucci playing tonight? Uh, just perfect. So I'm so happy he gets to play with the Celtics. Hopefully they make it to the conference finals. And when she asks that question next year, the the answer to that question will be, yes, honey, Scoochie's going to come off the bench tonight and back up IT. And
1: we just ended with the perfect title for the podcast.
0: All right, so listeners out there, thank you so much for carving out some time for the Screen the Screener podcast. We hope you got you up to date on the uh, 2017 NBA draft. Mike and I will come at you next week, of course. Uh, we'll catch you up with uh, Mike. How about – how does a – we haven't done our preseason way too early. I can't believe we're even talking about this top 25-ish. Do you want to maybe throw that out to the listeners maybe next week?
1: Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I'll be ready to rock and roll.
0: Okay, great. Uh, so, listeners, you can look forward to that next week when uh, Mike and I pull this thing together for you. And, uh, again, thank you so much for uh, carving out a little time and plugging us into your earbuds, whatever you might be doing. If you're doing some yard work out there, putting getting your hands dirty in the dirt, um, maybe you 're mowing the lawn and, and you have those big headphones on instead of the little earbuds. so thank you guys very much for tuning the screen the screener podcast in.
1: Sounds good folks we 'll see you soon. <laughs> it is there it is the password is Nidalekina.
0: there it is yes there it is there it is
1: i was gonna ask him for a growler of beer
0: well you know we we could do that as well
1: it's like you know professor plum with the knife in the conservatory i don't want to hear these people on twitter telling me about frank Nidalekina. you haven't seen frank Nidalekina play You're not watching French games on TV. You're not ordering French NBA TV and watching Nidlokina. There it is. Yes,
0: there it is. There it is. It's Nick Sense. What do you think, Gus? They stink. So, fast forward button. We get to the NBA conference finals, right? And I'm like, oh, you know... Uh, we're going to watch LeBron, we're going to watch Kevin Durant, we're going to watch, uh, we're gonna watch uh, Steph Curry, we're going to watch Klay Thompson, we're going to watch Isaiah Thomas. You know what she asked? Daddy, where's Scoochie? Is he playing tonight? This call is being recorded. It's Nick Sense. They
1: stink.